podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas Podcast. My name is Daniel. It's your boy at Half of Double H. We do this podcast every Tuesday. We record it on Tuesday. You guys hear it on Wednesday. Unless you're a Patreon, in, in which case you will hear this as soon as we're finished talking. Remember to follow us on all the social media platforms. Twitter's the main one. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. If you're on Google Podcasts or Pocket Cast, you guys know what to do on those apps. Half Hope, where can people find your YouTube channel? HalfHopeFootballHots.com, baby. Yo, I watched some video you did. I don't. When we started this podcast, how many subs did you have? It couldn't have been more than 2,000 or 3,000. Oh, yeah. It was probably it was in, in, oh, 2016 was probably in single digits, probably. Or maybe <laughs> 10, maybe. <laughs> It was around two, like one, two, three, somewhere in there. And I looked at that, I was like, yo, he's like almost at 34K. If not at it probably by now, who knows how how, how people subscribe in the time. Yeah, I was like, yo, the channel's steadily, it's grown. It's grown. No, no, but you know what I do? Like, I don't really look too much at, obviously, it's good to look at that as growth. But the main thing to do is the core, which is the core audience, which is those guys that support our dubs, mm. memberships, and so forth. Because... That's actually how I'm able to pay the bills, you know. So how I pay pay rents, bills, and so forth, and everything mm-hmm. is like the guys sending in the dubs, the memberships, the viewers, and so forth. So basically, it's like a two flex. You obviously want to grow big, but it's that core audience. Yeah. And I think basically, someone actually made a really good point. They said like the channel is like an, is like an indie band. <laughs> once you find it, you're like, oh, this is a gem. But they're not very famous. But once, but those that know, like, man, have you heard that indie band? Those guys are amazing. So. But see, you know. this is this is the problem with your channel, maybe this podcast to an extent, is when you hear it, you like it. Mm. But there is this kind of like, I want to keep this to myself kind of vibe. No, no, but, but no, it's not even that. It's like, it's it's very, it's it's an acquired taste. Mm. There are certain things you find where, oh yeah, I recommend this to everyone. And there are certain things you find where most guys probably won't like this stuff. <laughs> because like because it's so obscure so weird that mm. it's like yeah like so many references guys just want to get the references it's like the guys who are like first time viewers and they're like wait what what wait what, what does that mean huh wait who's Bart Simpson and the guy's like look long story so <laughs> yeah but like, you know you have to immerse yourself in the is it lore is that what they call yeah, it yeah like, lore lore, lore. <laughs> in, in the history of it and then yeah. and then you'll understand um so there's a second podcast by the way we talked about ancient egypt the link to that is in the description oh, oh what's it called? and on that do you know who casey is you must know who casey is is, is he from india yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. he sends me a lengthy lengthy dm because he did not agree at all with our import <laughs> on the egyptians so he said there's a massive thing about how everything we said was wrong and false and blah. What are we talking about? Like, he's like, he's like, he was like, he was actually really angry <laughs> about everything he said. I was like, look, man, they're black, they're black. <laughs> Where's it? It gets people bad. So it I is know. what it is. Which is why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the link to that's in the description. I forgot what we said we would talk about on Friday, but we'll figure it out. Um, so where are we starting this week? You see, that's my thing that like, so by the time people listen to this, Chelsea Arsenal would already happen because we should, you know, we should have a convo about both clubs. Despite what happens, we still have to talk about where Arsenal have been and the current state of Chelsea. Because you, you heard what, what your boy Francis said. No. 
Um, if the owners did not keep sacking managers, he should have he should have had five or six titles instead of two or three. What? I'll say it again. He said, and this is a subliminal at Brown. If we didn't keep on sacking and hiring managers, he he would have had five or six titles by now. No. Okay, don't no, because I'm sure you're gonna roast, but let me roast him first. So, Danny, here's the thing, Francis. You do realize, <laughs> yeah, it's like you do realize that Fergie was still the manager at that point. Yeah, yeah. And you realize that even if Mourinho had stayed and Shorty had stayed, nobody was creating a dynasty while Fergie was in the Premier League. So it would make no difference. So they gave it their best shot in what, like, they won two in a row, two thousand five, two thousand six. 2007, they should have won it, and Mourinho stayed that whole season, but they didn't. This the season with the season with Avram Grant United were just clearly better. 2009, that team wasn't it. You win a double in 2010. 2011, you could look at it and think that should have been a title, but Ancelotti wasn't sacked. He was there that season, so you can't put that on. They sacked Ancelotti. Mm. That was 2012 season that they did that. Are you saying 2012-13? If you keep Ancelotti, you win one of those? It's, no. it's a stretch. It's no, a stretch. because United and Manchester City by 2012 were clearly better than Chelsea. Chelsea were always looking for Champions League. They weren't looking for the league at that point. There was a bigger holy grail out there. So yeah. what is he saying if they didn't run yet? Like he, he, he surely isn't talking about when he joined in 2001. So I'm confused about that one. I'm I'm trying to see where Chelsea could have won the leagues. Like 07, okay. 2009, okay. No, 2011 actually, not 2009. But you had Mourinho and Ancelotti. Like who would complain about that? Unless there's some ulterior motive, which you can ex- explain for me. But again, I'm not familiar with the quote. I've I've tried to stay away from his press conferences. Oh, no, just- oh, no, no, I don't. No, no, no just I like... I people you send how, you stuff, yeah, yeah. People yeah, send you stuff. It just like I wasn't looking for it. We just sent my mommy basically because <laughs> he, he's he was like, I mean, let me even um, let me. Let I've me told go. Gatlock to like stop tagging me in these Chelsea things, bro. <laughs> like, just yeah. please leave me alone. <laughs> because wait, he'll, he'll tag like nine people, and then it starts a conversation in my mentions that I'm really actually not interested so, in. So, so, so let me so um I was always part of the Chelsea team that's changed managers managers regularly. Mm. I won three league titles, but I should have won five or six. The club this club needs consistency. That's my feeling. I, okay, I agree when he says I should have won five or six, but I don't think the manager merry go round, if you will, is the catalyst yeah. for that. Obviously Chelsea so, so, were no, a no, good no, team. No 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 but no Daniel don't do that. Don't separate it. Him saying I should have won five or six is part and parcel with the changing of the managers. Because if he just said, I shall have won five or six, okay. That's fine. Then it's like, okay, yeah, look, I should have been put in a position, and we should have been put in a position where as the key players, we could have done a bit more in those few games to have won the league. Mm. But let's be real. He is conjoining this with how they keep on changing managers and how there should be stability here. You know that you should always listen to good advice? If a moron gives you good advice, it's still good advice, but a moron is giving you the advice. So I know this advice is good, but you're a moron though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel weird as to, I know I should listen, but 
in a way, I don't want to because you're a moron. So my thing though is, even if what you're saying is right, Lampard, he's like, he's, a, he's in the naughty corner. Oh, wow. So Lampard, you should still be facing the wall now. You shouldn't be like, oh, but you know, no, 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 no. Face the wall, you're in disgrace. <laughs> like, like, you know, again, I think, I don't know whether this is, well, I don't know whether this is a thing about this. It's definitely an, an African thing. Well, <laughs> you actually get beaten. So, <laughs> so, so there's, okay, there's no timeout with African <laughs> parents. You know, there's no timeout. But the thing though is Lampard, you are not exactly the um, person of choice at this moment in time based on your record and just how badly you've done things. So any advice you give, why should we listen to you? What have you done in the last few years that means we should listen to anything that you say? And this now comes back to what I've always said, the tribal fan and the football fan. So for the tribal fan, or oh, Lampard, did it all so much for, for Chelsea, he knows it, he, he gets it. Let's think about this logically. As a player, you are one piece. This isn't football manager where you control all the pieces, you're just one piece. All Lampard was was that attacking midfield and that was it. Essien had his role, Mikelele had his role, Drogba had his role, and then the Gepetto was Mourinho. He was the mm-hmm. puppeteer. So that was, so how does Lampard's one role as an attacking midfielder means that he now understand what Chelsea best needs? Because this goes to my interview with Kristaps, the reporter from Ukraine who had an interview with Abramovich. Because he said that Abramovich was, and this and it was so crazy what he said, if you want to be sustainable, it is a lot harder to win Champions Leagues if you want to run in a sustainable manner. Remember that you have to take risks. If you don't take risks, it's going to be very hard to gain your rewards. Abramovich's way was crazy and so forth, but I'm sorry, it was successful. The question to you, Daniel, is this. Would Chelsea have been more successful if, quote-unquote, it was run in a more sustainable manner? Pick a manager, any manager, no matter what's keeping them for at least five, six, six years to build something. That's a question to me. Yes. No. I think it was as successful as it could have been under Abramovich. I agree. While, while you were speaking, I did some sly, quick research. Mm. Research. Chelsea, with Lampard, Chelsea finished runners-up four times. So we'll take those four. 2003-2004, Chelsea finished runners-up. But to an invincible arsenal. <laughs> So there's that one. 2006-2007, they had just won the league twice. Fergie then builds a new team, not a new team, but, you know, he improves upon it. They win the league by six points. They drew both games, but that was with Mourinho. So that was Mourinho's last full season, 2006-2007. The next season is where I think, okay, 2008, I I had even forgot how close this was, but this was the season where Mourinho gets sacked Mm. Um, after ah, it was a Champions League game, I think. Oh, and is, is this hitting? No, no, no. This is Grant. This is 2007, oh, yeah. 2008. Like the, the most frustrating season as a Chelsea fan. They finished runners up in the Champions League, runners up in the League Cup to Tottenham, runners up in the Premier League. Like they, they were the nearly team. They finished runners up in basically every competition except the FA Cup when they lost to Barnett or one of those teams. Yeah, they lost the league by two points. Now, you look at that and you think, is Mourinho worth a win somewhere? You might say, yeah. But when you look at the team, Grant lost two games in 30. Mm. 
there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight draws. You might say, ah, you know, if you don't draw one of those games, maybe you win, but the goal difference, obviously. So you look at that, okay. And then 2010, 2011, they were runners up, tied on points with Manchester City, but goal difference puts them in second. And they were nine points behind Manchester United. I don't think Ancelotti, and Ancelotti was there, who had just won the double the league before. This is when, you know, after the Everton game, he sacked in the tunnel. I, I'm trying to find where Lampard wins these leagues. And given the circumstances, I can't find them. I think really and truly, you should kind of just be happy with, I won the Europa League. I won a Champions League. I won however many FA Cups. I won three. Per- like, that's a good career. No, no, no. Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to just explain his, his, his rationale. Do you know what it is? It's scary. This one makes it scary. Okay. He doesn't, he feels he didn't deserve to be sacked the first time. Oh, and, and he feels oh. away. This is what we said last week or the week before last. That he's saying whatever he thinks a prospective owner wants to hear. Mm. He knows that he's not staying at this Chelsea job. So this Chelsea job has become an audition for him to be, oh, this is somebody another owner would like to work with. So I'm going to say everything that I would that that needs to be said to where I would attract, I don't know, some lower league Premier League team or maybe an aspiring championship team to come hire me. So when Boldy went into the dressing room after one of the games that they lost and they had the press conference with Real Madrid and they asked him, do you like Boldy coming in the dressing room? He said, yeah, I like when the when the owner shows he has passion for the team and he comes in and talks like I like that. Whether or not that's true, of course that's what he's going to say because an, another owner might look at that and think Lampard will ride with my with my project. So now when they ask him, you know, do you think Abramovich did it right? Needs more stability. He's going to he's going to say the answer that fits what he thinks other owners or chairmen would like to hear. So this is just following that that trajectory that he's on. The, the sick part is I, I don't have proof of this. So this is this is what it looks like to me from the outside mm-hmm. with no proof. It seems as if Lampard is using his Chelsea affiliation to how do I word this without getting in trouble? He's taking advantage of Chelsea fans and Chelsea Football Club by using it as like a launching pad for his career. Yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 what do you have? Like, yes. No, because I, I don't have proof. So he, he, Dan, he, he, no, Dan, he can say that you're, you're, you're not in my head, but you know. Daniel, of, of course that's what he's doing. We get this because Daniel, look at Rory Jennings. Those are the kinds of guys <laughs> that Lampard is counting on. Because yeah. Lampard knows that if I can count on enough of those guys and these kinds of guys, I can use this for whatever means I can. Like, because if you deep it, what Lampard is doing is crazy. <laughs> what he's doing is crazy. If you actually are a Chelsea fan and actually cares about this club, what Lampard is doing is crazy because this guy, he's treating this as a CV. Mm-hmm. He's, he's treating this as a training course. This is a football club. <laughs> this is at a, an international global football institution. Because again, look at his words. So he comes back and says, this is my club. You just got sacked from Everton, yo. <laughs> you just got sacked from Everton and you come back and you say, this is my club. What do you mean by this is your club? What does that mean? Now, okay, if 
if you actually cared about the institution that you worked for, like outside of what it can provide for you mm. career-wise, if you actually appreciated it, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, you would look at what John Terry did and say he did the right thing. I'm going to follow his example. John Terry was offered this job yeah. in the past when he had less experience, when he wasn't Dean Smith's number two or three or wherever he is. And he was like, no, the the shoes are too big for me to fill right now. I don't want to do that. I think eventually he'll get it. And then, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, you know we'll, every, we'll cross that bridge when he gets yeah, it. Yeah. You know, things fall apart. Um, but Lampard was like, in his arrogance, was like, I'm never going to get this chance again. So I'm going to take it now. You know, the first season, credit to him. He, you know, he got top four and all of that. But the second season went as many expected, sacked, etc. Now he gets another opportunity to come in when you, I mean, Everton was more or less what a lot of people thought his level was. Like not, like you know, a, a struggling team, but someone that maybe had some potential. He got that team and... I think they're in the relegation zone or just off it now after the Leicester City result. He drove a team in to, further into relegation battles. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he only got the job because they were in a relegation battle last season. So Let's remember, because we, 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 we've got to touch on Arsenal. So, listen, I, I, I just think it's sick that... No, 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 but, but see, here's the thing, though. Mm. Surely, surely... Here's the thing, you know, you know what one of the, the key traits to any individual is to know your your limits. Yeah. And I think what Lampard is, is he's a guy who is deluded and he does see, not see this is this. this is why I'm stuttering over my words, because it's very easy to just call him names, but I don't know what's legal no, 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 and what's okay, not. Okay, well, well Daniel, I'll, I'll, I'll see this is why you have this is why it, it takes two to tango. So don't worry. Anything you can say, I'll I'll say. He's deluded. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is, del- is completely deluded and he's completely not unaware that you're a garbage trash manager. You're one of the worst managers in Premier League history. You're awful. You're crap. Is he worse than Frank De Boer? Seven yes. matches, seven yes. defeats, he is. zero yes. goals. Yes, he is. He is. Yes. <laughs> um, because here's the thing. We saw what De Boer actually did at, at, at the Euros. So Lampard, you're, you're worse. So here's the thing, though. Do you know, who, who, do you know the big blame as well? Mm. Your uncle and your cousin. Harry and Jamie. Oh, you have a responsibility. Whole family. God damn. Okay. Harry and Jamie, you have a responsibility to tell this dude that look, Gripley and so forth, mate, this it, it ain't for you. Neville, five months, he was like, all right, this ain't for me. Okay. All right. You know, I tried, I did it. Okay. This just ain't for me. And he's never even hinted at going back into management because he knew that, oh, okay, this is a difference. You know, because he, what guys don't understand is the parts of your brain that is required to be a great manager is not the same as a part of your brain that is required to be a great pundit or the part of your brain that's required to be a great coach or the part mm-hmm. of your brain that's required to be a great player. People keep thinking that, oh, good at punditry, good player. Oh, you understand the game. You get the game. You'll be a great manager. No. Management is completely different. And what we are finding out, which is what is so scary, is you now have a different situation now, which is player morale, motivation. The whole point of new manager bounce is in those first two or three games, people are uplifted. But it's actually got worse. <laughs> so there was no new manager bounce, you know. No. Like, it's it went further down towards hell. So, oh, God. 
it's not, so so it's like for you see for Lampard, my thing though is look, you you gave it to good shots, you tried your hardest, it's aims for you. Go back to being a pundit. This coach is just not know your thing. So mm. all right. We'll we'll be back in next week after they lose. So um let's talk about Arsenal. Um now let me, let me okay. ask you this. Okay. If, if I can just go for it, go for it, go for give my give my opening thoughts on Arsenal. It's bad, but it's not that bad. Okay? And what I mean by that is nobody, unless you're one of those delusional Arsenal fans, I, I, can, I, I feel safe to use that word in context here. At the beginning of the season, thought Arsenal would win the league. Like, nobody thought this was a possibility. Unless, again, you're one of those types of fans. Like, oh, yeah, we can do anything. So, from from where they were at the start of the season, being second is actually a, an accomplishment of sorts. However, <laughs> they had, I forget what the gap was at Christmas, but they had 50 points after 19 games, so they were on pace for 100. This second half of the season has been abysmal. And the the target that their performance inside of the season set, they've fallen short. So it is a failure. But if you look at it from before the season started, it's a good season. So I wonder how Arteta spins this as we challenged, we were close, we got Champions League football, we're going to get more money, the team is improving, we're a young team. Or the one time you could have won the league and you don't know when this is going to come again because teams will improve, United will improve, Liverpool will improve, City will always get better probably. I'm not going to put Chelsea in those conversations. No. Newcastle are coming, you know, who knows. You had a, you had your hand on the trophy. You just couldn't get that second one on. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But like I I, I wonder do you do you look at it from the before the season started picture or what happened during the season that kind of sours where they are? Okay. To answer that, I'm going to show you, I'm going to share something with you. Can you see the graphic? See. So here's the thing. Obviously, we'll, we'll explain the graphic for the guys who are listening. So before I answer that, before I explain the graphic, before the start of the season, <laughs> second, with the amount of points that they're going to get, oh my God, that's amazing. Because let's be real, at best, I thought Arsenal gets third, at best. But second, with how well they've played and with the points total, oh, it is an outstanding season. Superb. Now, we talked about... Um, Towards disappointment and failure. If mm. Arsenal don't win the league, is it a failure or is it disappointment? I say it's a disappointment. And when we get this graphic, it's a massive disappointment because failure is what were your targets? I people say, well, your targets can change during the season. No, 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 no. Before the campaign, what was the mission statement? What were the, the targets? Mm. So you can't say it's a failure if Arsenal made top four and they end up coming second, it can be a failure. But it is a huge disappointment based on how the season played out. Now, before, so this graphic we have here are the table leaders of the Premier League for the past 15 years. So how long a teams were on top of the table. So if City win the, the league, it would be the longest time a team has spent on top of the table not winning the league. So I think it's, it's like, Arsenal spent about 90%, 92 or 93% of the time <laughs> on top of the, the table. Yeah. And when you look at this graphic and you just look at 
all of the times guys spent at top. Now, I think that might be the nineteen twenty season. Liverpool were top from week two, which was crazy. <laughs> How long Liverpool were there? But is this going? This, is this moving up or down? Up. It's moving down. So, so no, no, no. From left to right is moving up. I, I mean the individual graphs themselves. So it's it's going down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, yes, it's going down. It's going down. It's going down. So, 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 so down. It's yeah. It's going down. So. My thing is, if you're an Arsenal fan and you look at that, it's 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 going it's to pain you. It's going to pain you because to be on top for such a long time and not win, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. So and 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 but this is what is so so crazy. At no point did I believe Arsenal would win the league because I felt that no matter how many points you've accumulated and so forth, when the pressure mounts. I just don't don't trust these guys, and I know that the the further you go into a season, the harder the games are, the more mm-hmm. pressure that's there. A week eleven game isn't the same as a week twenty eight game. A week eighteen game isn't the same as a week thirty one game. So those weeks are tougher and tougher. Hence, why that ninety eight ninety seven season. Of Liverpool and City was so crazy. Like someone shared um from week 28 to week 38, City's running. All he sees was green. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when it, and when you just look at how City close out a league, you see one grey, one red, one grey, one red, but it's mostly green. <laughs> it's a, it's like it's like a damn Amazon fo- forest. <laughs> when, when you look, look at City's running. And what is so crazy is Aston, you're trying to go for, for elite titles and so forth, and we're now in the business end of the, of the season. And I'm seeing three draws. <laughs> you can't do that. No. You, so if we're in week 26, 27, 28, you can't have three draws. Okay, one draw, cool. You can't have three back-to-back draws. It's crazy. Arsenal didn't lose the game, didn't lose the title at Liverpool or Everton. It was Western and Southampton back-to-back. Those yeah. two back-to-back... That was, I was okay. That's it. You're not. You're not serious. You see, a draw now. Two zero up. You should say what's up. You should say what's up. But at the end of the day, it's still Anfield, and a draw at Anfield is not the end of the world. But you have to beat West Ham and Southampton. You have to beat them. So to not beat them, I'm sorry. You can't be serious. And if you're City, like, is this the best fight you could put up? Okay, I'm. I'm looking at these fifteen champions or 14 champions in prospective city that we'll mm. say. Um, is there any one of these where the champion at the end wasn't a deserved one? Like, is that a thing? When you play every team in the league twice, home and away, mm. over 38 games, mm. do you ever end up with the champion that you're like, eh, didn't really deserve it? No, impossible. I, I don't think that's possible. I'm looking at United... Chelsea, United, City, United, City, Chelsea, Leicester, Chelsea, City, City, Liverpool, City, City. All of those seasons, I look at and I think those teams did what was what was required in the moment to win. If City win, despite Arsenal's column being quite large, it stands to reason that City must have done what was requisite to win the league. Yeah. So then I look at Arsenal and I think, if someone beats you to a league, it means they're deserving of it. 
Not yes. that you're not, but that they are. It lessens the blow in that perspective. Obviously, if you're an Arsenal fan, it'll hit you. And if you're, you know, a Chelsea fan or United fan or somebody, it's going to be something to rib Arsenal fans with. But it's not as if they're not losing to a team that's winning five of the last six. Mm. This is a juggernaut team that we suspected was coming. I needed to see evidence of it. I always need to see evidence. You're, you're, you're being so nice, Stan. You're being so nice. They've won six. This is five of six if they win it? Three in you're a be- row? Dan, you're being so nice. See, like, let's be real. You see, we knew that. Yeah, you know, they're not going to win. We, we knew that. But for that Arsenal fan, and there were several, there were several Arsenal fans who were like, this is our year. Of course, this when, year, when it. was it, was it Reese Nelson? Who did they play? When they hit, when he hit that winner, yeah, like yeah, 90, yeah. 95th, 96th minute, I yeah. thought that's one of those championship moments, you know, that you, you rescued two points from, or yeah, you saved two points, you, you know, give City the stiff arm in that sense, like... Mm. That felt like one of those we're winning the league moments. But then, as you always said, there's games to play. The season just doesn't end because you got a, a late winner. Mm-hmm. We have to keep going. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's that's the quote. So, um, City's experience, their team, uh, you know, their ability to score goals and keep them out, which I think is an underrated part of their game. Mm. And just the Arsenal inexperience. And as I said at the beginning of the season, Arsenal's first 11 is great but let's see what they do in the january window i think the player of note that they added was Jorginho. there there wasn't enough staying power to actually double down on 50 points they were never going to get 100 but they needed you know 85 88 somewhere there so did did they get trusted in january was that in the summer it was it was it was january so they got trussard and Jorginho. those those are the two still it's not adding you know Squad depth in that way, definitely not Jorginho. No, no, and and again, like you look so. at Saliba, as Van said, that once Saliba went down, that was like a massive loss. So you should always have good defensive cover. You should always you should always get good defensive cover. But I think even beyond there, I just think it's a case of it's it's a mentality thing. Mm. How you react to pressure is very important. It's it's a very important thing because if you're Liverpool. You're like, man, you know, put us in this situation right now. We'd be able to go toe to toe with these guys. Because Liverpool, they came like Liverpool, they came close. It's so crazy that this Liverpool club dynasty will not be regarded in the way that you feel that maybe they should be. Because at the end of the day, like, bro, 92 and 97 points. Sorry, sorry I think it's 91 and 97 points. That's, 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 that's damn good. That is damn good. But you were, ju- you, you, you were just not good enough. But that's still damn good. With Arsenal, see, my fear for Arsenal is, are they just going to just tumble away? I think this is something Arsenal can build upon. It's going to be sour in the moment because you're going to think what could have been but really what, like the actual question is, re- what could have been is not what you think it was because City are who they are. And there's always been this, not always, but this imbalance of games to where, yeah, they've been ahead, but City have always had like a game or two in reserve that if they win, they close the gap a bit. And then those two fixtures, like one, the, the, the first City Arsenal fixture didn't happen and then it happened late. So they had those two games back to back essentially. 
and oh, and then they play in the FA Cup as well in City yeah. FA yeah. Cup. Yeah. So they've played three times in this year, which is quite odd. Like in the past, it's May now, so January, February, March, April, May, five months, which isn't which isn't common. So City have always had, you know, a bit of confidence that we can get these guys if, if we when we play them. And that's what happened. They took six points from them. So that closed the gap. And then the game's in hand. So also, I would say, and I saw someone point this out at the very beginning of the season, that Arsenal's first 5, 10, 15 fixtures were kind of light. So they were able to build this momentum of winning. I don't really believe in momentum in that sense. But they were able to create like this winning environment, we'll Mm. say. And that kind of got them over and, until the World Cup. And then since the World Cup, it was like, okay, now it's real. Because you know City's coming. Haaland scored every game. Pep is going to do his thing. You're also playing Europa League. So that's Thursday, Sunday. Who knows what that's going to do to you. So if if I were still in my Chelsea heyday, like I, I would trade with you like like that. Like obviously, I would oh, rather have sure. a failed, I would rather sure. have a failed title challenge than no title challenge at all. At least it shows you're progressing. Yeah, and I mean, look like players like, like and, and, and 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 as you say, like experience isn't always going to be positive, but experience is experience. Like uh, ideally, you want the experience of we go through this hard battle, we fight, and we come out on top. Like that would be ideal, and it's idealistic. But in another sense, you can look at going through a hard battle with a solid team like Manchester City. And yeah, we came out on the wrong end, but we still fought and we were still there. So then when we're there again, we know what mistakes not to make. We know what to do. Maybe Arteta improves as players. You add people to the squad. Saka improves. Martinelli improves. Odegaard improves. And just the squad just becomes a little bit more cohesive. That's what you hope for anyway. What you kind of don't want is, you know, falling off of a cliff, the proverbial cliff, as it were. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that'll take time to see. So, And I guess I would ask the question rather than, try to come up with another sentence a sentence is a question but um do you think this is the beginning like as as we look at these bars in front of us and you know for the first half of it you see a lot of united you see a lot of chelsea arsenal's there in bits and pieces then really it's dominated by manchester city since about what 2015 they're always there then you get some liverpool but generally it's dominated by city and then you get this big arsenal bar so do you think Arsenal are going to be consistently in these columns moving forward over the next five, six seasons? Or do you think this is kind of more flash in the pan? And as United improve, maybe Chelsea, maybe Liverpool, obviously City will be there. Do, do you think Arsenal remain a factor? You see, I want to be respectful. So I'm not going to call this a Leicester City or a potential Leicester City for Arsenal. But I think Arsenal missed something this season. Hmm. Because I feel that Liverpool will re-up, Chelsea will re-up, United for sure going to re-up, especially if United gets the Qatari owners. <laughs> Newcastle are coming. <laughs> Newcastle yeah. have already arrived. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, I think that Arsenal missed something this season, and I strongly doubt they'll be in a similar position for the next few seasons. You know, so... And, and also as well, I mean... So when you say in this conversation, do you mean... Winning or just title contention? I mean, like one of these teams that are leading the league for a large or yeah. healthy portion of the season. I'd, yeah, I don't know about that. I, th- I think this this was an, an anomaly. I don't think it's, it's happened for the next few seasons. And more. then I also look at this thing and I I'm wonder, I wonder, do you think it's more of a failure? Arsenal not 
beating Leicester to the league in that season with Tottenham and Les- and Tottenham, Leicester, Arsenal were there. And was it Danny Welbeck who scored goals against Leicester and everybody thought Arsenal would win? And then Leicester just kept winning 1-0 every time. Um, is is that more of a failure or disappointment than this season, considering no. who you're going up against? No, because no. you just have to respect Leicester that look, you know, they do they did what they did. And let's let's be real, let's just keep it a stack. Ask any Aston fan, they would say that the football played by this team and so forth was far better than the football played by that team in the Leicester season. So the way that I feel that if City eventually do win this, it's going to pain it way more than the Leicester season, you know, because as the fans were like, yeah, we could have won it, but yeah, but this year was like, no, you really could have won it. How are you top for 90% of the season? You were, you were first, you were on top for 90% of yeah. the season and you didn't okay. win. That's crazy. Okay. So I have a couple topics that are perhaps niche. So if you have something more major, let's, let's, let's Hold get on, into no, them. I'm calling, I'm calling. Okay. So Madison put his penalty down the middle. And we've always talked about this, that the place to put your penalty is down the middle. Now, mm-hmm. I've seen people say, Madison, he was trying to be cheeky. He was, he was trying to be cute. He, he, he should have put it in the corner. He should have done this and should have done that. And then there was a picture on Pickford's water bottle where it's like Madison puts his penalties down the middle 60% of the time. So... The, the statistics worked in Pickford's favor where he just kind of followed where the green was and he mm. just stayed there. I, I wonder the, the, the framing of Madison's penalty as being, you know, too cute, cheeky, irresponsible in many ways. How do you take those, those criticisms? Considering this is something that you've always said, this is what you should do. Put height on it, put it down the middle and just hope that the keeper dives because the keeper will dive. But what I mean, if they don't? My thing is, you should never, ever be in a situation where you constantly put it down the middle. That's that's a bad call to have. Down the middle should be like a, you know what, after about 20 penalties, let me just go down the middle and see what they freaking do. Because again, there was something, I was really something interesting. So like, World Cup final, when Emi Martinez made his save, he said to Dybala, Put it down the middle, because he said that by me saving, I'm going. I'm putting a lot of pressure on the keeper. I'm going to put a lot of pressure on the keeper. The keeper is going to is going to dive hmm. because he feels he needs Ooh. to dive and, and and so forth because I've saved one. So the keeper will not stand in the middle if I've now saved one. So he said, you know, Debala put it down the middle. He ain't going to stand still. He's going to dive. So in the context of that, it makes sense to go down the middle. I remember Pierlo went down the middle in the 06 World Cup final. Mm. So my thing though is down the middle should be something you just have in your pocket. If you've gone down the middle 60% of all the time, that's you're, you're asking for trouble. That's just risk. See, okay, so this is, I just thought of this because I, I, I figured we would work it out when we talked about it. So if you're like one of the individual penalty takers during the 90 minutes, you need to switch it up and have some variance. Going one direction 60% of the time is a bit too much when there's mm. three directions. You're, you're doubling down on a place, you know, the, the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper's coach will obviously talk about before the game starts. Yeah. So it, within 90 minutes, variance, you bring up an interesting dynamic that a penalty in 90 minutes is not the same as a penalty shootout. Mm-mm. 
where you're de- you know you're going to deal with five. There's pressure if you're playing in uh, penalty shootouts. Normally happen happen when you're playing for trophies or in a cup competition. That's the only place they happen, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They don't happen in the league. So there's a cup competition. There's silverware on the line probably, or you're going to advance to the next round. Like, is there time to really look at the water bottle when the referee is making you stand over there? Maybe. And you're you're. I I think when we frame the going down the middle, it's this is a person that might not take penalties. So there might not be any data on Daniel to look stepping up to take a penalty mm. in a final because I'm not a designated penalty taker. I'm here because we need five guys. So I'm fourth. You don't know where I'm going to go. I don't mm. know where I'm going to go. So where should I go? Half of says down the middle. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But, but, but that's what I mean. So, that's why, like, yeah, it is tricky because if you have data on someone, and let's say a guy goes bottom left 60% of the time, he might as well just try and buy it. But now he may change it, but his mouth will just try and dive bottom left. Because mm. especially when you're dealing with pressure, you see, now, now here's the thing though, this is the difference. A penalty in 90 minutes is less pressure than a penalty shootout. Yeah. So in a penalty shootout, a guy is most likely going to go for their strength. Yeah. So, it's under pressure, nerves. There's there's a lot riding on this. I'm not going to get cute. Hence why, like, um, what's the Dan did in our World Cup final is crazy. <laughs> or what or what or, or what Pielo did to England and Joe Hartman's Euros is, yeah, is, okay. is crazy. To do a Panenka or even Sanchez, a Panenka to win your country their first ever major trophy. That's now that's that's just crazy. That's just both a freaking stuff. Does the does the Dan one is I guess he's thinking I've won a World Cup already, and it's the sixth or seventh minute. So even if no, I miss, it's fine. No, but, no, no, no! Don't, but, don't, don't, don't do it like that. Don't do it like that. That took balls of freaking steel, bro. It is still a freaking World Cup final, and to do a panenka. You didn't let me land. Okay. That's that's what I, I guess I should have said. That's what I would have been thinking. But for him, in his mind, there's no way he's thinking I'm missing this. For him, it's confidence. I'm, this is going to happen. I just need to do the action. It clipped the bar, hit in, then clipped the bar again. Like, without VAR, could you imagine if they didn't allow that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if they called it out, it wasn't. But could you, like, man, there was a delayed celebration, I remember. And he kind of had to look back and, like, did, did they give it to me? It was past the line. But there's a physics thing that if the ball clips clips the bar and then it hits the bar again, it did cross the line, like, every oh, yeah. time. So if it, if the ball bounce if it hits if it clips the underside of the bar bounces on the ground and hits the bar again, based on physics and like the spin of the ball, it means that the ball crossed the line. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so so maybe the refs knew that little trick, but yeah, that's that's another level of confidence. The Pirlo one, I haven't read the book, but I know that he said I'm gonna take him down a bit because he looked yeah, too yeah, confident. Yeah, was very confident. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like ah, I got something for you. Um. So yeah, the 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 dynamics of penalty shootout versus designated penalty taker within ninety minutes are a bit different. Because um, Pickford had three guys on his bottle; he had Vardy, Madison, and maybe Tillemans or somebody. Um, but you could clearly see on Madison there was a big sixty down the middle. <laughs> so it's like, damn, sixty percent. That's and then he's adding to the percentage because he yeah. went down the middle again. So anyway, my my last thing was. As somebody who's into films and football, um, 
what is up with this Wrexham? Is, it, is that what it is? Wrexham? Wrexham yeah, story? Like, is, is this something you're up to date with? With Is it Gosling, Ryan? Ryan. Who is okay, it? I'll, 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 I'll be real with you, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> He's one of the guys I find really, really annoying. I mean, the story is cool. It's actually an amazing story, but I said, I, yeah, I'm a film guy, but I don't like Ryan Reynolds at all. I don't like Who's the other one? There's two of them. Um, do you do you know this TV show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's where he's from. Yeah. 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 So, so, so I know. So, so, I, I know. I know the face. Yeah, he's the guy that created the, the show and the star of the show. Yeah. Oh. Like okay. Rob something McCallie or something. Yeah. So you're not you're you're not into the into the whole thing. Apparently, they're playing Chelsea. They're like oh, yeah, I don't know. They're in all of these. They're gonna be in these preseason friendly tournaments and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, it's a very popular thing. So I thought maybe you'd have a, an opinion on movie stars I mean, look, owning football. Just teams. a bunch of Hollywood guys bought a team and they've now gone promotions. So like it's it's. No, no, there was no, an no, NFL no, player no. that bought that bought a piece of Burnley. Yeah, JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Put this way, they're better owners than Bob Bowley. There you go. You mean Todd? Todd B. Todd B. Are you ever gonna say Todd B? No, no. I doubt. I don't think I'm gonna say it again. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Chelsea by Neymar in the summer. No Todd B's? No. <laughs> it's a fucking lie. I'm no. sorry to swear. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. You see the Chelsea, Dad? You see the Chelsea? Like, there's going to be hope. <laughs> like, you know, like, that just seems like such a distance to my memory. Like, all those chants and the vids, they it seems like it's like, why? Who was that guy? I, you know what I didn't even recognize is, that guy. You know, your actual problem is you sing too much. It's but, the but singing. He, but here's the thing, though. So you're saying you get that, too hyped, man. So if I so I can't ever get hyped. So if I get too hyped, then I, I, I get screwed over. That's, it's, that's it's, it. it's not that you can't. It's just you should know it's going to be a receipt. <laughs> but th- but that's what makes the channel fun, I guess, is that like you actually believe what's what's going on is good, and then it ends up not being good. So it's like it's like a sitcom. It's like you're the main character. You know what I mean? Like a sick sitcom, man. So um, we have time for one more subject, man. So. Bring 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 something up if you want. I don't have anything else. Um, fourth officials. Ah, yes, your cop thing. Let's go. What's the point of your fourth official? Hold the board, stoppage time. Basically, to be yelled at. There we go. But- <laughs> there we go. No, 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 no. There we go. So forget that. Because any old guy can kind of put up a freaking thing. Why does a dude have to stand there, take abuse from a guy? About a referee when fourth official is like, I am not the referee. Do you know what? I have a slight solution to this. What? And this is something I noticed in the World Cup. Although I I didn't like this, but this is something that happened at the World Cup. Hmm. I noticed that most of the fourth officials were women. Now oh. it, it was it was it was quite strange that they made like they they, they put women in positions of power, which is what referees are. But then the roles of what they were doing was like very uncomfortable on some level because it's like you're doing like menial work, mm-hmm. like throw up the board, keep track of this. It was just like, oh, why are they the ones holding up the board? It just seems like, yeah, women do this. Like I was slightly uncomfortable with the with the optics of it. Mm. But then I think one referee from France actually officially actually officiated a game. It was, there was a game officiated by all women. Oh yeah, um, yeah, which was cool, but. I don't think I saw them screaming at the lady officials with the same level of vitriol no, that you, they you, do you with can't, men. You can't, you can't. Because it's just it's like if yeah. if you're raised properly, 
<laughs> like that's just not something you you should no, do or no, would no. do. Um, now I don't I don't watch women's football enough to know how women coaches treat women official fourth officials. Maybe it's the same vibe. But I don't know. Maybe there's something you know in the patriarchy that just suggests ah, this is that's that's going a bit too far there. So maybe the Premier League should open up some spots and have more lady officials or women officials. No, 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 for me, no. That's look, that would work because I mean it would be but, wild but, if you're screaming at a woman. But 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 like last, don't just put them as fourth officials because that just means they're just holding up boards and that's just weird. Yeah, that's the so thing. Yeah, they need actually to have let referees. them referee games every once in a while. Like the, there's one line to them. I forget. I haven't seen her in a while, but she's like, she's really good. Yeah. She was the one that got, uh, not, she didn't do it, but uh, keys and gray. I think they were talking about her and they got, and they said something stupid. Yeah. Um, and that got, them, Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remember yeah. 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 Just, no, but, so, so, you know, my thing is that, it was just yeah. banter. <laughs> But see, see, if you have female refs, man, it's like, are you gonna scream at the women and refs, them man? Stop saying so female, forth. bro. Gotta... Woman refs, women refs. Yeah, for women refs. Go. Um, are you gonna <laughs> shatter them and so forth in the same way? No, you won't. So maybe there might maybe... be some that do though. That'd be interesting. Who who screams at the who screams at the fourth official lady? But Klopp, Klopp, you know what? Klopp Klopp would. Now that I think, like his temperament is just. I think he pulled a hamstring to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, he pulled a hamstring. I think he's, he's out for like six weeks. He's a bit. Mm, there's, there's a screw loose there. Maybe you need one to be that, that, that kind of coach. But no, but, yeah, but that I, that, just that, have like that, a, a, like a huge e- ego though. So yeah, that was just something I noticed screen. at the World Cup that there weren't as many screaming matches on the touchline between coaches and referees. Anyway. No, but because see, he my issues was that like, okay, my how the how how dare him give him a foul? Okay, what if I don't agree with the decision? I can't say that because I've always got to cape for my colleague. Yeah. So I've got to be like, well, you know, it's what it is and so forth. But like, you're screaming at me at a decision that I actually I didn't make it, bro. With you, but I didn't make the, the decision. So what's the point in shouting at me when it's like, look, I'm not the referee of the game. See, if I was the referee, I can explain why I gave that decision. But yeah. if what if I don't agree with the decision that the ref made? I can't say that. <laughs> okay. Have so, you ever... We we Most of us have played team sports before. Mm. So... This is just something that coaches do. They just want to scream at someone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, events. so if let's let's say, I don't I don't know if I ever played football organized like over a season, but I can give you a basketball example. So let's say I'm a power forward for my basketball team, hmm. and the power forward that's at, and I'm on the bench, the power forward that's actually there didn't make a closeout, so my teammate doesn't make a closeout. The, the, the opposition get the ball and run to the other side of the floor. Coach is still pissed that my teammate who plays my position didn't make a closeout. So mm. he comes over to me while they're doing offense on the other side of the court. It's like, you got to close out. Every time they come down the floor, close out. I'm mm. like, bro, I wasn't even on the floor. Like, yell at him. By the time there's a timeout, Coach has forgotten because he does this every time. Every time there's a up, he's yelling at somebody on the bench. So mm. by the time play has stopped, my teammate's not going to get yelled at for not making the closeout. I got it. I'm like, I'm not even playing. But coaches just want to yell at somebody. They'll yell at the assistant coaches. They'll yell at the referees. They'll yell at the players. If somebody's in the crowd, they might yell at the crowd. <laughs> There's just frustration yeah. by being the person who's supposed to be in charge, but you can't influence the result directly by playing. 
So now you're just going to let loose on whoever. And normally it's the benches who get it the worst. But then sometimes the referee. And in, in football, there's no technical foul, really. You can get booked and sent off, but there's no actual point. It's not like the refs are going to give you them a penalty. That's how you could solve it. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but goals in football are too precious than like a free throw. So yeah, that's yeah. Can't really do that. No, no, no. Basically, no. My thing though is, I used to hate that. I like, I, I just feel like me. if that the fourth official that there's no point in him <laughs> just being there for guys just to scribble because it just doesn't make any logical sense. Can I have one last point? <laughs> Go for it. The worst part when the coach screams at, and this is how I know I'm getting tired because I'm rambling. When the coach screams at you, you can't talk back to him. Otherwise, I'm on the bench. So oh, yeah. if I talk back to him, he's not going to put me in the game. So I can't be like, bruh, it wasn't me. Like, why are you yelling at me? Yell at him. I can't say that because if I say that, I'm not going to get any minutes. And the person who, who messed up is going to stay in the game. So, like, don't put that on me, coach. Like, talk to him or talk to the assistant coach. But they just scream at the bench. You got to close out. Close out. How do you miss that? You got to patch. You got to see the open bear. It's like, bro, if he's it up to the point where you got to yell, play me. I won't do that. You will have to yell at Anyway, I'm just going through moments in time. <laughs> Get it all out, man. Vent it all out, bro. Sorry, Let's sorry, all out. Sorry, sorry. Anyway. Let it all out. Um, yeah, I don't have any more. But what? Okay, so did we actually talk about Klopp or was that just a, a means to talk about fourth officials? No, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think, no, I think just the final thing yeah. is um, I actually do agree with um, Klopp's, which is an unpopular view that I think you have the right to say that a ref is biased. Of course, ref- referees are biased. I know I get it. It brings the game into disrepute. You shouldn't do it and so forth. I don't, I don't give a crap. There are referees who are biased towards guys. There is a graphic where I think 90% of referees are from Manchester. I'm sorry, None are from problem. London, or very few. Yeah, like, that's a interesting. Because you can't just assume that, oh, no, it's a referee, they will be objective. No. If it's a 50-50 decision, that ref is going to go a certain way based on his bias. As human beings, we have bias. We are born with bias as human beings. We're not machines. We have, we have a bias. Nobody can be fully 1,000% objective and impartial. No. We're, we're human beings. I, I don't know. Have you seen... Where this is Jordan on the Wizards, and there's a foul call, and the referee is like, I believe you, Michael. <laughs> because my, my Jordan's like, he touched me with two hands. He was, and the ref's like, I didn't see it, but I believe you, Michael. <laughs> I, if you haven't seen it, I will find the video and send it to you. But oh, it, it goes to your point about bias, where yeah. <laughs> star players especially, they're going to get preferential treatment. Um, but, you know, the, the other thing that maybe Klopp said that we could – briefly talk about just to loop it back to Chelsea baby and he didn't mention Chelsea explicitly but he Mm. did say something along the lines of no he did he did mention Chelsea that you know they'll get back but you can't just buy 600 million dollars worth of players you have to build a team did you see that yes yeah Yeah. what did you think everyone knows that (laughs) what Chelsea did is one of the dumbest things you can do because you've just bought players based off of vibes and trends on, on Twitter. Modric was a Ukraine thing. That's about saying what's up to, to Ukraine. It, was, it had nothing to do with football. So the acquisition of players, it was arbitrary. It was, it's, it's madness. So Chelsea have a massive issue in their hands where 
And what we're saying, it's not about buying talented players, it's about buying the right players. Yeah. So you can have because oh no, they're talented guys. I don't care how talented they are. Do they have chemistry? Do they work well with one and one another? Having a bunch of amazing players who don't have chemistry is pointless because you have to a team has to function and it can only function if there's chemistry and understanding. Mm. So and the issue is and I think most clubs are alluding to there's so many players that you have there and they have such a big massive squad it's very hard for a manager to really manage everything so the i mean the handling of these owners has been atrocious absolutely atrocious so you should point out also that having great chemistry without a requisite level of talent is also not optimal so this this goes to more of the just play the youth because the youth are playing together in their own team they've come up for 15 years like, yeah, they have chemistry, but do they have the requisite talent to no. get the objectives that the club have? In some cases, perhaps. In Chelsea's case, mm, you know, some do, but not all. There's a balance of chemistry and talent that you need, but you can't just inject. You know what they're saying? People are dressed like the dressing room isn't big enough, so people are dressing in the hallways because <laughs> there aren't enough lockers. Or It's just it's, it's, it's a mess. atrocious it's a mess. is the word, but anyway. <laughs> we just complain about Chelsea every podcast. Now. Well, what, uh, what else is that to do? Like they they give us ammo every week, so you know. Any, there you go. Talking Tactics Podcast. Remember to follow us on all the social medias. Sir. Check us out on Patreon. Half Hope. Where can people get you? Half of footballhots.com. I'm at Daniel to look. Call the Anchorman six one six. Check them out at the Athletic. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. Peace, peace. Peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.